I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Time again, everybody. The Self-Inning Stretch Podcast is back. I'm Armando Angulo once again, joined by Justin Wells. It's that time of year. It's March. Baseball's, uh, you know, around the corner. Everybody's starting to show up to camp. That excitement's starting to build. You know, Justin's team made it to the series. The Mets had a phenomenal year, uh, eliminating my Dodgers. It's so it's we still have a little bit of unsettled business this year, I think, uh, going forward. But Justin, how you doing, my man? You excited uh, for what's about to happen? I'm I'm so pumped. The Mets actually open their exhibition slate tomorrow, so there is some very, very, very early spring baseball tomorrow. Rafael Rafael Montero taking the hill, and I have the remote control for the TV on the floor at work, and I know we get SNY, so I'm going to try to watch some baseball at work. Oh, you're a lucky, lucky, lucky man. <clears throat> but let's stick to the Mets, my man. Joanna Cespedes is making a splash, is he not? All right, so things Cespedes has done thus far in training camp. Uh, Showed up to six straight days with a different crazy car every single day, Um, starting with a three-wheel basic slingshot-covered motorcycle. There was a Lamborghini, an Alfa Romeo, uh, an absolutely insane Jeep. Uh, I know I'm forgetting something, but his cars were completely and totally nuts all of them customs too and let's not forget and, about the horse yes noah Syndergaard and yoana cespedes did show up to camp on a horseback uh yoana has also gone to a local state uh, a local state fair in florida st lucy's florida and bought a prize 270 pound pig for seven thousand dollars seven thousand dollars dude seven thousand dollars for a fucking pig Oh, if I was his, if I was his accountant, I'd be having a fucking heart attack. Jesus Christ! Fuck the cars and the horseback rides you want to take with Noah Syndergaard on the beach. Who cares? But you're spending seven grand on a fucking pig, my man. Jesus. Oh no! But but better yet, what did he do with the pig? Straight to the butcher. Straight Absolutely. to the butcher. So, I, I I'm a bad Jew. I like pork, but, <laughs> but still like. That's a little too close to the means of production for me to be like, I just bought this pig. Let me send it to the butcher immediately. Hey, man, it's a cultural thing. Let me tell you, Latins, they love their pork and they love it fresh. I guarantee that. Oh, I've been to South America. I've been to Mexico. These are are facts that are not lost on me. I appreciate the devotion to the pig in Latin culture. I'll even go beyond that and say, like, you know, um, uh, you know, Spain and Portugal. They do that too. I understand that basically everything of Spanish derivation really loves pork, and I and I'm genuinely glad they do. But that's just too close to the pig for me. Hey, I don't want to. I don't want to know the animal that I'm eating alive. He will be. He will be feeding that team probably for the entirety of spring training. It seems. Yeah. By the way, this is not the first time he's done this with an animal. Apparently, he's also done it to a cow. Jesus Christ. But you know what my question is, dude? Like, look, he's had money for a while. He's been in the league for a while. Why is this only starting to, like, creep up, like, everywhere? All of his, like, cars, all of his crazy spending. Why is this all of a sudden becoming a thing? Is it the New York media? Because of how much more money the Mets gave him than what he was making. Like, he was making $10.5 million last year. 
which is a lot of money. Like a ten and a half million dollars for a single year is more than most people see in their lifetime. This season alone, he's making twenty-seven and a half million dollars. So he's making two point seven five the times the amount he was making before, and the amount he was making before was obscene by anybody's standards. Now oh, he's got like a little bit of like fuck you money. <laughs> yeah, more than a little bit. That's for sure, yeah. my man. And it's and he's definitely saying fuck you. Oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt. He's he's fucking laughing the entire time. He's having a blast. And who can blame him, really, man? No, I, I don't. I don't blame him either. I understand it coming from a place where people have absolutely nothing. I like think that's, Cuba? I think that's the main point of this and that, you know, he has a right to have that kind of fun, especially, uh, coming from the circumstances that him and a lot of, you know, a lot of these Cuban players and stuff like that come from, a lot of these players from Latin America are, are from poor backgrounds, but the Cubans especially have it, have it particularly tough, it seems. Yeah. I mean, the guy works really, uh, the one thing is like, this all seems kind of comical, but every single Met player and front office guy and the manager and the, and the coaching staff, I've all said the same thing, which is that he works really, really, really hard and he's really driven. So as long as this isn't like a, a sideshow, as a fan, I'm fine with it. Yeah, and that's what was my best question. My, my next question was, do you, do you think it'll become or it's too much of a distraction, especially this early on already? Or do you think it's just what it should be? It's, it's enjoyable. It's fun. I mean, you guys are a young clubhouse. You guys are a young team. And this is just something that goes along with that. It's enjoyable. It's fun. I mean, we see Noah Syndergaard, you know, joining in on, on the festivities, if you will. So for me personally, I think it's just fun and it's, it's probably healthy for the Mets. It's a good bonding. I think they all get a kick out of it. Uh, so I don't think it's, you know, in poor taste whatsoever. What are your thoughts on that? Well, they're a brash young team that's coming off of uh, going to the World Series, and they look, they know they're good. The only way it becomes a problem for me is if all of this just gets in the way of them actually playing baseball well. If that becomes if that becomes a real problem, then you know what? Uh, then I'll be then I'll be pissed. But I've seen it already with Matt Harvey, who you know he's out on the town every single night dating models, but but he every single time he shows up to the park, the guy is dialed in and focused in and and intense. So. As long as that's the case and they're like that, whatever they do off the field, as long as it's, you know, not like Errolis Chapman. Oh, I'm, we'll get I'm to fine. that. Yeah, we'll get I'm to fine. that later for sure. I'm fine. Win on the field. None of this matters. I agree 100%, man. But let's stick to let's stick to the Mets and a little bit. This is kind of Mets-ish because, I mean, yeah, Tejada broke, got his leg broke by, by, by Chase Utley of the Dodgers. It's the Chase Utley rule. It's the Chase Utley rule. So go ahead, man. Let, let's explain. If you could go ahead and explain it in your words to the laymans like myself and the three listeners that we have. Hi, Chris. Hi, Joey. Uh, and let them know how, everything, how this is going to work out going forward. All right. I also want to say hi to Mystery Third Person. But uh... it's Guillermo, man. Oh, okay. Hello, Guillermo. <laughs> but so effectively, there was there were two rules at play within Major League Baseball that kind of worked against each other when it came to second slides at second base. The first of which is the interference rule, which exists to basically keep runners in the baseline. It says you you effectively can't slide out of the baseline, else it's interference, and when you're doing so, it's double play, which is a rule that you maybe could have called in that situation. However. Tradition was you don't call it because there's an unwritten rule that the takeout slide exists, right? Like there's no place in base in the rule book that says you you are allowed to slide, in, or at least there wasn't, that you are allowed to slide into second base to take a man out. It, it was all alluded to because then you also have this other rule that works in concert where they call it the neighborhood play, which is in order to subje- in order to keep players from just sliding in recklessly when they're way 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 out of you know where they can't possibly get to second base into a shortstop's legs a shortstop is gr- kind of granted the second the bag at second base to turn the double play even if they don't touch it just because there's the assumption of they would have grabbed it but this is taking them out of danger now what they effectively have done is they've rectified they've they've taken the baseline rule and extended it to the slide to eliminate the neighborhood play so now you have to step on second base and you have to hang in there but they clarified what a legal slide is which you have to be legitimately able to touch the base when you slide there has to still be a play at the base when you're sliding and you can't you can't veer from the baseline otherwise then it's you can't veer away from second base at all to touch, to make contact with the fielder, to effectively eliminate what Chase Utley did, which is just tackle him. So 
they mer- they kind of merged the two rules, but eliminated the neighborhood play, which was only put just there to protect second baseman and shortstop from getting hit. So what Major League Baseball did was they sort of made the rule consistent in that you have to slide, but they definitely are, but they didn't necessarily address the issue of we can still endanger second baseman and shortstop. They all they did was basically outlaw cheaply going after a guy's legs. Now, what are your thoughts, man? You think that's enough? No, no, you, you, think, you're disappointed. I think, they, I think they needed a very, very clear rule that just protected. The point of the thing isn't to clarify what's a legal slide versus what isn't. The point of the rule is to protect second base, <laughs> second baseman, and shortstops because of the fact that they are vulnerable when it's when a double play is being turned. It's the same type of rule they came up with to protect catchers. You can't run the catcher, or in football. The same rule they came up with to say you can't hit a receiver when he's in midair or going over the middle when he's helpless. They don't eliminate the hit on the helpless second baseman, which really or shortstop, which really bothers me. I hear you, but I mean, what 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 would you do? I mean, it seems like it's tough to just eliminate the play altogether. For me, I mean, I think it's good that they're trying to do something, but I agree with you. I don't think this is adequate enough. I think that you're still going to have the the blind second baseman with his back to the bag going to receive a ball, and he's still going to get taken out from time to time. Some of these players just, you know, they don't have, uh, you know, they they can't turn it off, and they're just going to go as hard as they can. And and ultimately, whether you're veering from the bag or not, the second baseman, if the neighborhood play is out, then he's in danger anyway because you got to go through the bag nonetheless. Oh yeah, no. What they needed to do is basically just say that they would drastically enforce interference. Umpires don't like calling interference, but they basically just need to strengthen the interference rule instead of trying to clarify the you know what's a clean slide versus what isn't. Just strengthen the interference rule, and you basically just say if you if you go to sl- you make it very very clear that if you just slide into a man without even making an attempt at second base solely to solely to je- to remove the double play as a possibility, it should become an automatic double play. That's it. That's the rule. Clarify the fact that you basically just keep the baseline interference. Like strengthen that rule. Oh yeah, no, I agree, man. I think I'm I'm a hundred percent on that, and I, I mean, I just think it's baseball trying to protect, you know, the old, you know, ideology. Still, they're not trying to veer too far away from that. I mean, they they already changed the Buster Posey rule, like you said, and that was a big move. And I think to to consistently be changing these rules, you know, so quickly and drastically is something that baseball doesn't want to do. And and so I, I can see them not wanting to do this, but ultimately they're going to have to do something to protect these players because we're going to continue to see these middle infielders picking up injuries on contact that can be avoided. So I, I tend to be in the same you know ballpark of thinking as you, my friend, for sure. Total aside, if they want a really common sense rule around like the, the most common sense player safety rule ever, they'll just totally outlaw anybody sliding into first base. I agree with that. I think that's a, a other than on a swipe tag where the the the, the first baseman got pulled yeah. off. There's no place for it. It's it's dangerous. We see hands get stepped on. We see a lot of things happen. And 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 you know we're coached as young ball players. You were told. I've been told. Everybody's been told. Run, it's the, not, run it out. Run it out. It's not faster. You know. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think that something that can be considered and should be considered really for sure. Yeah, that's I a good mean, point. Yeah, it's also, I mean, it's also the whole running out. And just to explain to anybody who doesn't quite get the concept of it, um, but I'm assuming the three of you listening do, uh, the reason you run it out at first base versus sliding in is a slide is effectively a maneuver to miss a tag. Running it out is, there's no, there's the only force play at first base is a pickoff attempt. So, you know, you only slide to avoid tags. You don't slide to avoid force situations. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, and, and and it's just like 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 we just stated. It's just no place for it. It's just a dangerous play unless it, like the 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 first baseman's off the bag. It's just unnecessary to be to be quite honest. And uh, nothing gets accomplished other than it looks relatively cool. Yeah, 
<laughs> but let's move on, man. We're going to talk about a couple deals that happened and one that didn't happen. We'll start with the one that didn't happen. Dexter Fowler seems to have backed out of a deal that was in place with Baltimore. At least reports are reporting that. Um, and uh, he seems to have backed out and, and signed with the Cubs on a shorter, shorter-term deal. What are your thoughts on that, man? And what are your thoughts on, on both parties, both teams, and, and how it was really handled? Well, for the Cubs, great move because of the fact that you put he- you put Hayward back in right field where he's better. And now because of the fact that you have Fowler, who's a switch hitter, who also is a natural center fielder, uh, you're, you're, I mean, you were going to play Hayward next to Jorge Soler and Kyle Schwarber in, 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 in on the corners. Schwarber, as we saw in the playoffs, is a bad defensive outfielder. And Soler's, Soler's not terrible. I mean, he looks – he can move around a little bit. <clears throat> Never going to win a gold glove, but won't kill you. But also, they're both young, and what this allows you to do is this allows platooning of Schwarber and Soler against righties and lefties. Um, I mean, I don't know why you'd want to sit Schwarber especially, just because you want to give him as many bats as, po- bats as possible. But you prote- you protected him now. And the other thing that I want to talk about, though, is the Baltimore Orioles really, really got screwed over, it seems here. They offered more years to Fowler, more money, and he's and, and you know the reports were that it was a done deal, which then forced hit Fowler's agent Casey Close to go out and bash the baseball media for trying to report things first instead of accurately. But the Orioles are real, real losers here, and we'll get more into that when we get into the division as to why I think they are. But they really could use some team speed. Yeah, I think the Orioles definitely lack in the team speed area, and I do think they got screwed over, but it does seem like they really were duped, and they really did believe that. I mean, even Adam Jones, the center fielder for the Orioles, was tweeting out and saying things, you know, uh, that it was a done deal and that he, he welcoming in Fowler and stuff. So it's one of those things, dude, that, that until it's done, you know, all these reports are just... Yeah, it, it is what it is until it's official and it's signed and it goes through Major League Baseball. It just goes to show that nobody really knows jack shit. You know what I mean? And then it just really egg on the face of, of baseball and the Orioles mainly. And, and like you said, for the Cubs, it's a, it's a tremendous coup. And Schwarber's situation, I think Schwarber is going to get a few more at bats at catcher this year to be able to get his bat in there as much as possible. Maybe even a little bit of first base when you're trying to rest Rizzo or something. But I think Schwarber is going to get his at bats for sure. Uh, yeah, and, and let's move on to the next deal. The, the, the Salvador Perez, he's got six year extension. He seems like he's going to be in Casey for a long time. All the money guaranteed. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's a good move, or do you think this is going to haunt them kind of like Ryan Howard has haunted uh, Philadelphia? I think it's a great move for because the difference between Howard and Perez obviously is Howard doesn't offer anything unless it's didn't offer anything unless it was with the bat. Perez is so instrumental in handling that team defensively, which we saw how good they are defensively and also just handling the pitching staff, handling that bullpen. I feel like there's a lot more to gain from if you have a catcher who's just very good defensively, even if they can't hit, you can still win a lot of baseball games with them. I mean, the Marlins won two titles with Charles Johnson doing that. Sometimes having that great defensive backstop, like a Yadier Molina, for example, it's, it's imp- it's so important. No, I can't I can't disagree with that. Um, I think that that position is so instrumental. Like you said, calling the game, um, handling a staff, being vocal, being the leadership out there during a game because you have the different view of everyone else. You're actually looking out instead of looking in. You know what I mean? So you actually have to know where everybody is, and you have to know that. And I think Salvador Perez has shown that he has the intelligence back there. He has all the tools. He's good defensively. He's got a good arm, and, and he and the team seems to rally around him. He seems to be a good leadership type of uh, personality for that club. And, and we've seen it pay dividends in the last few years, especially last year. I know it's a sore subject, so we won't dwell on that. But we've seen it pay dividends for them, and I think that it's a just reward for him. And I think my favorite thing, though, about this deal is he's donating $1 million straight out to inner city, uh, to build an inner city baseball little facility and stadium in Kansas City. And, and I think that's probably the best part. And that's a lot of, a lot of times gets overlooked in a a lot of these deals is how much of it does go into the community and it's good that Salvador Perez feels a part of that community just as much as they are welcoming him into that community long term you know what I mean oh absolutely I mean the only real worries if you're thinking about it from a perspective of you know is it the right guy to give money to or is his body gonna get bad I mean Perez is 
pretty young, but he's already pretty big. But a catcher, you can have that little bit more weight as long as you're durable and it doesn't get in the way of your flexibility. And also just the fact that as a hitter, he he has you know, hitters. Some hitters get more patient as they get older. Some just get more exposed when you figure out you can get them out a lot. Perez is a guy who just, you know, not a high on base percentage guy. So is he going to develop that eye to, I mean, and it can go both ways. Molina was a guy who was like Perez with the bat now, and then, you know, turned into a 320 hitter later in his career. It's a good point. Or, good you know, you, or you can end up like Charles Johnson, who I keep bringing up, who you know, I keep bringing up <laughs> Charles Johnson, because Charles Johnson, Charles Johnson was a great catcher. But he could just never hit, ever, ever. Yeah, ever. He did. He's a two ten hitter. Yeah, Perez yeah. is a better hitter than that, but Charles Johnson was a two ten hitter. But I think that but, I mean, yeah, you can win with that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that's why you see these catchers, these defensive catchers, you know, be so integral. Like you know, Pudge, even Pudge, when he was, you know, in Texas, it was they had a dynasty for a little while, winning the AL West time after time, consistently in the playoffs. And, and then when Pudge went to Florida, he had that huge impact and brought another title there. So yeah, it's a, it does make a big difference, man, for sure. Yeah, and if you you know if you look at it, the one thing I actually would rather, for the most part, if I'm building a team, ideally the positions that I give up offense at are probably catcher and shortstop, because they'll I mean catcher, shortstop, center field, the three positions that you give up offense at, because if you win with defense there, but catcher of those three is the one that I give it up most at, just because look at the guys in the last few years who have come up as like these big offensive weapons at catcher like Joe Maurer what happened to him yeah. got hurt too often to continually be on the field Matt Wieters what's happened to him always hurt Buster Posey what have they done they've, they've gotten him to you know he's a hybrid yeah he's a hybrid first base and catcher the reason to do that keep his bat in the lineup it, catchers your lifespan shorter it's like being a running back in the NFL no, that's a that's a great point, man. And, and if you have a good one like Salvi, you you better lock him up. And that's that's a fantastic point. But let's move on to the main course here, brother. Let's talk about the AL East. Uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to start the defending champs? Do you want to start with the you know bottom dwellers? Let's go from uh, let's go from north to south. So let's start with the Great White North. Even though I think Boston's probably north of Toronto. But let's start with <laughs> the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, I think the Blue Jays are going to repeat. I think is uh, champs of the AL East. Um, I know they lost David Price, but, uh, you know, Stroman's there, and, and, and I think he's a healthy season with him. They're not going to lose too much. I think uh, Donaldson, that offense, man, is just so powerful. It's just I, I don't see anybody in the East pitching-wise, even with Boston getting Price or, 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 or things along those lines. I don't see anybody really competing with that lineup. I just think they're going to outscore everybody. And then if they can pitch enough, and we saw it last year, that they can pitch a little bit and they can do just enough to win, that, that the Blue Jays are going to be you know, a force to reckon with deep into the playoffs again, man. What are your thoughts about the Jays? I think the Jays are one team in a three-team race in this division. I don't think it's as I don't think it's as uh, cut and dry that they win as you do. In fact, I actually think they're the second best team in the division. I actually think Boston does have enough to win the division, mm. but I think it's going to be close. I do like the Jays' offense. I don't love the pitching staff. Strowman's look. Stroman showed a lot in the playoffs that he, and that he's going to be a solid major league pitcher. It's he hasn't thrown as many innings as he's going to do next year before in his life. He's a smaller guy and he's coming off of an, uh, he's coming off a lower body injury. Those three things make me think that there's going to be a bump somewhere in the road because of a period of like, you know, maybe a dead arm period in July or August when he hasn't, you know, when he starts hitting a little bit of a wall because Stroman, you know, it's pretty much his rookie year. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, this is very small sample size on the kid. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just, I'm just countering the fact that because it happens to so many pitchers, and for him to go deep, for him to go deep into the season, just at his size, coming off an injury, it makes me very, very difficult. Um, I like the offense a lot. I mean, there's just a lot there. You know, start on the corners, then Carnacion, then Donaldson, too low, a full season of too low, or the 120 games that you'll get out of him. Devin Travis, healthy for a full year. Um, I don't think Calabello comes anywhere near repeating what he did last year. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. But then you still got Joey Bats. Um, Pilar is a nice player, at least defensively. Decent amount of pop. 
Uh, the outfields, the outfield is pretty good defensively. They're a pretty solid defensive team too. What I worry about is just you know the the, uh, the starting pitching, and I worry a little bit about the back end just because I don't know who's going to really between Osuna, Soren, and San- Sanchez. I don't know which one of the three of them take the closer role. I know Storin wants it. I know he's been a closer in the past, but we've also seen him be very inconsistent in Washington. Yeah, no, for sure. So, yeah. So who's your player to watch on this team? My player to watch is Strowman, man. I think they're only going to go as far as his health, and, and uh, if he can rack up the wins early and get settled early on in the season and show that dominant stuff. And really, you know, I think he's going to have to win 18 to 20 games to uh, – to for this team to get max you know peak potential like I'm talking about and what I foresee them doing because I do foresee him going deep into there and, and and having a phenomenal season and starting off hot and, and really staying healthy that's what I'm hoping for out of him and that's what I'm expecting so I do think that so for me he's my he's my key player uh he's 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 also my reason for hope because I think with him on that team, I mean, the offense is a given, man. That's that's that, that they're going to do what they're going to do, and they have enough on the bench even to make up if one of them falls down, and 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 they'll be fine there. They're going to score runs. I just think that Stroman is my cause for hope as well, because if he can stay hot and do what he has to do and, and lead that rotation and lead that team, they'll be fine. I do think my cause for despair, though, is 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 probably the health of this team as a whole. We do see injuries, and Carnacion has had injuries in his career. A lot of them. We've seen Donaldson have injuries. Um, too low last year especially and if the rotation doesn't stay healthy it's going to be a major bust so I think my, my major cause for despair is the, the history of health with this team how about you man so so the player I, the play, my player to watch is actually Troy Tulowitzki full season of him in the AL in, not in Colorado I, I want to see exactly the kind of numbers he puts up to see how you know to see whether or not this a player can actually leave Colorado and actually put up, you know, comparable numbers to there. Granted, he's ended up in a good situation because of the fact that he's in a good lineup in a great hitters park. So it's not exactly as if he's going to hit in San Francisco all year. But I want to see what he could a full season of him outside Colorado. I want to know exactly how good this guy really is. No, no, no. I think that's a fair point, and and I think a lot of that is going to depend on his health again. But yeah, that's a very good point, and he's out, he's an exciting player, man. Definitely, without a doubt, he gets you off your seat. You know something's going to happen when he's playing. But the key thing is to stay in that lineup. And what's your cause for despair, man? You're going to tell me the rotation. It's the rotation. You mother. Okay, go yeah, ahead. I, I, so I mean, if you're looking at it, it's going to be about getting a lot of innings out of, the, out, of the, out of this rotation. I just don't know where it's going to happen because Stroman, look. Ton of talent, but he's gonna have to be managed. Yeah, it's got to be managed, and he's small. I mean, when I say small, Marcus Stroman is five eight, one hundred and eighty pounds. Pedro Martinez was small. There, there's yeah, been Pedro sm- wasn't that. Pedro wasn't that small. I guess, man. I mean, yeah, of course, but but there's been small. I I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. I think the human body. I don't know. Forget it. Forget it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, it's so. So I worry about so so. And look, I think he has talent. I, I I think he's going to be a very good pitcher. I'm just saying, first season fully through, knowing how to condition your body to get through a season, I think there might be an issue there. Um, R.A. Dickey is, you know, a solid but unspectacular 200 innings every year at this point. Past that, who's giving him 200 innings? No, no, no. I mean, I, I see what, what you're saying. I, I mean, I get it, but I, I just think, I don't know. I'm confident that, that the front two is going to do enough, and, and I, I do see, like I said, Stroman winning 18 to 20, and then their bullpen just doing enough. I, I do see them playing out a lot like it did last year for them, man, to be quite honest. Yeah, Gavin Floyd and J.A. Happ, there, there, there is no bigger picture of, that just has journeyman than those two. You never know, man. Somebody can have a big year. You never know, man. It's just one of those things. We'll see. We'll see. But the next thing that will be the main thing that we'll see, we're going to start holding, uh, you're going to start keeping tabs on this, aren't you? Oh, I'm keeping tabs. All right. Tell the people what's going on now. So Armando and I are going to predict the win totals for every team in Major League Baseball as we do these previews. And at the end of the season, we're going to figure out who was closer to right. All right. What do you got for the Blue Jays? 88. 88. 88. That's fair. That's fair. I got 96 wins. 96. All right. So 
an eight, an eight win range. Yeah. I mean, it's not yeah. that bad. I mean, I think we're in the same type of ballpark. I just think we are considering the other teams in different, you know, we're seeing it differently yeah. in there. Yeah. But let's I mean, move we, on. We think they're both solidly competitive teams. Yes. Solidly uh, competitive teams. Absolutely. So let's move uh, on, man. Uh, the Yanks. Let's talk about the Yanks. Right. They were runners-up last year in this division, so let's talk about the Yanks. What do you, what do you think? Uh, do they have enough? They added Araldis Chapman. We'll get to this topic first before anything else, actually. Araldis Chapman suspended 30 games by Major League Baseball, showing kind of a zero tolerance with this type of situation of domestic violence. Um, he claims his innocence still that he didn't do anything, but he did shoot off eight rounds of, you know, probably what I, I believe is a shotgun in his garage. So the dude's not totally there. So for him to say he didn't do anything i'm not buying that story too much but 30 games is it enough is it not enough and may more importantly do you think this new policy zero tolerance from baseball is something that is uh only going to benefit the game in the long run and the public image obviously oh it's going to benefit the game i mean like as much as you can go down the whole route of the charles barkley i am not a role model trope fact is you know kids watch kids watch sports they watch players. You'd hope that most people's parents are, you know, effective enough in telling them that Aroldis Chapman is not a role model, but someone, somebody probably thinks he is, and that per and this kind and punishing this kind of behavior hopefully goes to show people that he's not. So, yeah, I think that it's good. I think it's the right thing to have a zero tolerance policy. But I have a weird reaction to the thirty games because at first I thought, like, you know what, they'll suspend them for all of spring training, two months. And then they'll appeal and bring it down to a month. But the fact is they just suspended him for the 30 games. And Chapman, for as much as he's proclaiming his innocence, isn't appealing it. So there's something weird to me about that of not proclaiming your innocence, saying, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. But then when they give you your punishment, oh, no, I'll, t- I'll take it. Like, it's weird. It's I very, very strange to me. It seems to me like something was figured out behind the scenes and negotiated, you know, like because these types of things always get appealed. No matter what in baseball, especially these types of things get heard and appealed and stuff. So I think this was negotiated behind the scenes. I'm pretty sure baseball probably wanted to give him more than 30 and they got it down to 30 to where he wouldn't appeal just because I think the saving the appeal and, and not appealing gives the outlook of baseball having more power and it makes them look better in the uh, public eye, I think, on the topic as a whole, because they're not going back and forth on trying to argue why this is wrong. It's just wrong, and it is what it is, you know? So I think I think if that's the case, if it got negotiated behind the scenes, it was a smart move by baseball, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how much it really sticks and what baseball's real policy is on domestic violence when Jose Reyes, you know, has his day in court. Because that'll be the real litmus test. If Reyes is convicted of that domestic violence charge in Maui, and if he and you know, depending upon what the actual you know, what the actual sentence is or fine or sanction is from a legal perspective, we'll then see how much fangs, how many fangs they really have. Because the thing that's going to come into play there, and the thing that we don't know about because we don't know how the thirty games was decided for Chapman, is what was the union's legal defense of the player like? Right. That's a good. That's a very good point. Right. But but we'll we'll see that one and like that, that's a that's a conversation for another day. Let's go to the Yankees. What which, which player on the Yankees is, is a player you want to watch for you? The player to watch is uh, somebody that everybody's probably going to be watching after the year that he had last year. And you're going to hate this because you hate him more than most. This is your Barry Bonds, probably. Uh, A-Rod. I think A-Rod has to have another year like last year for these guys to compete. If he doesn't, I don't think the Yankees really have a chance. I think, uh, and that's that's a lot to, to, to put on the shoulders of a 40-plus year old, you know what I mean? But I do think Alex Rodriguez is the player to watch. And I don't know if he's my cause for hope or anything like that, but he's the player to watch. I think he's going to be a key for that team. What do you got? Who's the key for you? Uh, the key player I want to see is a guy who's not yet in the majors. Aaron Judge. Okay. Inform the people about Aaron Judge, my man, for Aaron, those that don't Aaron, know. Aaron Judge is a Yankee prospect who is six foot seven, 230 pounds, and, a compar- and apparently has not quite John Carlos Stanton type power, but close. Like he can hit a baseball 700 feet, probably. But he's a, he's a huge guy who generates a lot of power. Now, he's currently kept out of the minors because of the fact that the Yankees' outfield contains Carlos Beltran, Jacoby Ellsbury, Brett Gardner, uh, you know, and then also they got younger with uh, Aaron Hicks. 
and then a bunch of garbage. But he's he's blocked effectively just because of all these older players on bad contracts and, and Brett Gardner. I'm not going to lump Brett Gardner in there because he's a decent player. But if I have this guy like you know who has Aaron Judge's power potential, and I'm that team and I need to get younger, whew, I'd be excited for him. That's that's the player I want to see perform for the Yanks this year. Yeah, that's a very good shout. I think especially they need uh, to infuse a little bit of that young talent and stuff, especially with Greg Bird set to miss out the rest, the entirety of the season with a torn uh, labrum. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be someone that's good to see. And hopefully he does have a good year for the Yanks. And, and you know, I mean, they they do need that. They need that homegrown type of feel. They need that. They haven't had that in a long time. And, and bringing that youth through should be good. And, and it should infuse and, and light a fire into that team. And hopefully he, he can perform. I, I'd like to see John Carlos Stanton-esque power in anybody. That's for damn sure. Yeah. And then, I mean, I, that bullpen's really, really good. That's that's the other thing that's going to be the strength of the team. I mean, Miller and Batances alone are very, very good. And then you add in Chapman when he comes back. That's a bullpen with, first off, two huge hard-throwing lefties, a huge hard-throw, and a huge hard-throwing righty. And, I mean, we saw what the Royals did last year. The formula is get to the sixth inning, go to a lockdown bullpen, and shorten every single game. Yeah, throw the ball hard, and you'll get results, it seems. Yeah, for sure. And what's your worry for the Yankees, man? What's your main concern? So I actually have a reason for hope and concern that are kind of the same thing. Okay. Right? It's the two sides of the same coin. The, the, the reason for hope is maybe that guys like Teixeira, Beltron, and A-Rod start, and, 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 and let's to a lesser extent, Ellsbury, start to see, you know, this is really my last shot to win and put together signature late career seasons to push the Yankees to the AL East title. My cause for concern, they, these guys are so old and washed up that not only do they not play poorly when they do play, but they spend a ton of time on the DL. No, I, I agree with that. They, 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 they break down rather easily, whether it's old age, but even in their youth, a lot of these players seem to have broken down. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I can see that. That's a, that's a good point. And, and I think the team is going to really, the season's going to teeter a lot on their production. So that's a very good shout. I think for me, uh, my cause, uh, for optimism is their spine. I do like their spine. I like McCann. I like Ellsbury in center. I do like Didi Gregorius as shortstop. And Stalin Castro is their new second baseman. I think that's something that is going to solidify them defensively. Uh, and Stalin Castro's got a good bat. I think a change of scenery and maybe not as much pressure as he'd had as the face of the Cubs for as long as he did at such a young age is going to help Stalin Castro. Um, my concern, though, is the health of their rotation. We see, it, you know, Tanaka's been unhealthy over the last couple of years. Pineda's been, had some injuries. And then you get down and it's like Sabathia, who's not the Sabathia of old. You get Severino, Iovaldi, Nova, those types of names. Uh, they have talent, but if they can't stay healthy and if they can't piece it together consistently, the Yankees are really going to struggle. So that's my area of concern for the Yanks, for sure. Well, that's, a, that's kind of a good way to think about it. I mean... It is a very injury-prone starting rotation. Yeah, I mean, they're just going to have to hope. You know what I, it reminds me of is like the Dodgers last year. Like we had a lot of pieces, but when when I mean, obviously they don't have Kershaw and Granky, you know. But they have a lot. We had we had to use so many pieces in that rotation just to get through. We saw that it didn't, you know, it, it harmed us in the long run, especially in the playoffs. You know, it was Granky and Kershaw, and nothing after that. So hopefully we can get healthy as the Dodgers. But I, I see the Yankees having the same type of. Uh, uh, difficulties as we had last year, for sure. Yeah. So how many wins are you penciling them in at? I got the Yankees at 82 wins. I have them at 85. Okay, because you love the Yankees. Everyone, everyone, hear ye, hear ye. Justin Wells, closet Yankee lover. <laughs> oh, if only. <laughs> Oh man, well, I mean, that's still not too far. I think we, we, we get the same kind of ballpark, but I, I, I just, I don't think, I, I fear that their health is going to be an issue because none of those pitchers are really that young anymore either. You know what I mean? Or at least the bulk of them aren't. So I think you make a good point. And then it, it, it all depends on those pieces, the Gardeners, the Beltrans, the Tasheras for sure. Yeah. And it's just, it's a veteran team and they're going to have to rely on veteran noose to win. Yeah, for sure. Nous. 
Sorry, Nows. 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 Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Let's All move right. on to Baltimore. Let's talk about this Fowler situation first, and then we can we can go on to the rest of it. Let's let's hear your take on Fowler uh, choosing to stay with the Cubs, not the Orioles, and how that affects them uh, in the long term. Really, in the long term, I think it it's gonna. It, so let me start over. Uh, one of the things that's one of the harder one of the harder positions that we keep talking about when we talk about defensive baseball center field, right? Adam Jones is their center fielder. Adam Jones is a very very good player and an exceptional bat. Problem is running around in center field a lot drain, drains you. And at some point, I think you'd like to see a guy like Jones get moved to a corner. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me, especially to preserve that bat and those legs for as long as possible, for sure. Yeah, so I thought bringing Fowler in, Fowler, a switch hitter, a guy who can hit leadoff, which, by the way, this team does not have a leadoff hitter. That, I, that's a good point. Uh, now that I'm running it through my head and trying to figure no out. They have no speed. No. Nobody. Uh, would you, man, Adam Jones and Manny Machado have to be their fastest players off the top of yeah. my head. And you don't want them running that much. No, no, absolutely not. Man, that's crazy. They really got really slow. I, yeah, I, I've never no really speed. thought about it like that. Like, I never sat down and thought about that roster, but wow. Yeah, that's going to be a concern. It's going to be a concern because you can't produce runs. You know, you're, you're relying too much on the long ball, and that's evident with the amount of money they gave to uh, to Davis. But I don't know. That's going to be tough to win in that division for consistently that way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I look at this team, the thing I see that I like is they they will hit a lot of home runs. Yeah, that's that's my main reason for optimism, too, is they're going to hit the ball out of the park and they're going to score runs in that facet. But that's not a consistent way of scoring runs, because if you get in a power lull as a team, then you're going to struggle because their pitching staff isn't exactly lights out either, you know? Yeah. And I also worry about their depth because they don't really have any. I think that's been a problem with them for quite some time, too. Like, they haven't built a deep team. Um, they've had good players, and if they stay healthy, then they can have a good season. We saw that maybe two years ago. But uh, if they have key injuries, Manny Machado goes down, Adam Jones goes down, Weeders, uh, they really struggle, especially if they have, and also if they have injuries in, in the rotation to one or two key pieces, they're really going to, you know, crumble in the grand scheme of it, really. Yeah, plus it's also not a particularly good rotation. Right. I'm assuming that's your area of concern here. My area of concern is the rotation. Uh, there's some talent in Gaussman and Bundy. That Gallardo has been a solid but unspectacular pitcher. Jimenez, Ubaldo Jimenez is solid but unspectacular at this point in his career. Middle The middle relief is bad. Basically, the, the closure is great, though. Darren O'Day is really good, but... It's just getting the get, getting games to O'Day is going to be very difficult for this team from you know, start starting with the starters and continuing into the bullpen. Yeah, no, we're in agreement there. I think that's my uh, reason for them to uh, have concern and to to really look for them to struggle in that department is the lack of depth and the lack of really power arms in that uh, both the pen and and in the rotation. Uh, like you said, getting the ball to O'Day is going to be key for them, and I I just don't see them doing it that consistently. Um, what who's your key player for these guys, and then uh, your 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 opti- your reason to be optimistic on this club. My key player is I want to see how Chris Davis does after he got paid. It's going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him, and it's going to be interesting. It's, it's just he's so up and down. Two years, Three years ago, 54 homers, and around 280. The year after, hits 35 homers, but hits 190. Last year, hits 48 homers. What, what, what is he? I mean, is he just a guy who's going to hack at every single pitch but just have that much power? Yeah, it seems like it. His career definitely has been up and down, but it's just, I mean, the power numbers are going to be there, but you can't hit under 200 in a major league. I don't understand how he got paid so much. I get it. Chicks dig the long ball or whatever, but dude, you got you to gotta hit above the Mendoza line. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I think the real loser in Chris Davis's contract is Adam Dunn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, look, Adam Dunn. That was Adam Dunn's game. That was all he had. That was all he had. Yeah, they, they are exact replica of each other. Uh, Dunn probably walked a little more, but struck out probably the same. I wanted to say less, but no. Davis just swings a lot more. Uh, Dunn would take strike three looking half the time. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I can't justify giving someone 
that many years and that much money, I think it's like seven one seventy or something around there. Yes, if, something ridiculous. Like if you have runner on second, two outs in a game in, in, in which you're down a run or tied in the eighth inning, there's two outs and Chris Davis is up. How confident are you that he's going to get a single to drive the guy in? No, not very. Not very. It's not, it's like 30% chance he does that. If that, if that, obviously it's one, it's a 19.8% chance some years. Yeah. So you're going to pay that guy that much money. Hey man. I, I, I just don't get it. I, I, he, it's you're overpaying for power at that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think for me, my, my player to watch is Weeders. I want to see how he comes back from his injury and, and, and if he really does have that kind of uh, comeback season that can really help this team because if he doesn't, then they're really going to struggle for sure, both pitching-wise, defensively behind the plate, and his his, his switch-hitting abilities are really going to, uh, you know, they, they really have to pay dividends for this team. I have a question for you. Yes, sir. Weeders, because I know you are some sort of aficionado of catchers. I am, a little bit. If he if he can't throw, right, and it's a possibility because catcher's coming back from Tommy John, not easy. Yeah, for sure. Is he if he can't throw? Is he a major league starter at any other position? I think you force his him to. I think you you find a place for him. I don't know. Uh, obviously, DH is is a possibility because it exists in in the American League. Um, but outside of DH or maybe first base on on a club that really doesn't care about defense, uh, that could that 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 can work. I just don't think he has enough defensively to really contribute. He doesn't seem to have too much range and stuff like that. But I, th- I think he, being a switch hitter really helps him a lot. Um, it, it, and he has good power. He has stuff like that. I just think we have to see how he comes back. But if he can't throw, then it is going to be a very um, reduced market for him and and for him to be successful is going to be very tough uh he's going to have to pick the right place and 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 really hope that it goes well i think for him to be successful long term if he doesn't really bounce back well from this injury that makes that makes sense i I could agree with that all right we shipping up to boston or we wins you got to guess the wins oh the wins. how many wins baltimore yeah you're gonna hit 75. me. Oh, we were very close. I was like, "You're gonna hit me in the 70s." I had, I had, I had 73 wins down. Yeah, 75. Yeah, poor, poor Orioles. In general, I think I'm a bit more up on the win totals in the AL East, just because I think that these five teams still are better than some of the dregs that exist in this in the West. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that I think the Eastern, I think the East teams are gonna fatten up a little bit against the rest of the against the rest of the. Uh, league in the AL. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. That's an absolutely fair point, man. For sure. I mean, cuz they, they usually do. Yeah, no no, that's that's been a trend for as long as at least you and me can remember watching baseball. The East has been a power and they they do have that over the other divisions or they have consistently for sure. Yeah. All right, so we're going to go to sunny Florida now or we're going to go to Boston. No, we go Florida first, then we'll finish up with the uh, with Boston. I'm I'm weirdly optimistic about the or I shouldn't say weirdly optimistic because I'm not a Rays fan, but I'm just I'm just kind of I'm a little high on the Rays. I actually kind of like them. I think the Rays have a knack of surprising people and being consistently good, even with a lot of uh, you know turnover in that club and stuff. They always have young players and young arms, and I'm a big fan of Chris Archer, so that's my player to watch. I'll give that away early, and, and uh, I, I just think he's a tremendous talent, and he's a, a, a kid that has a great head on his shoulders from the interviews and stuff that you get, and he has a good sense of uh, of community and what it takes in that in that community. Uh, he, he he really takes pride in that, and I really enjoy uh, Chris Archer as a person and a pitcher. So yeah, I, I like Tampa man for sure. Yeah, I, I like Archer. Really good pitcher. Very, very good pitcher. I think this year he has a a Cy Young type campaign probably coming in the AL coming from him. Yeah, that that he, he is that good. He is that good. He is that good. I think in his and especially with wins not mattering so much, and if his offense doesn't produce so much, you know, you could still win the Cy Young, and you're still in contention nowadays. Wins aren't that important. I really do think Archer has all the stuff and and the right mental makeup to be a dominant pitcher for many years to come for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, and by the way, he's not going to get any run support. Yeah. Well, that's why. That's why I had to, you know, disclaimer. Yeah. Because the 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 reason. I mean, there's the very very easy reason to despair on this team, which is they're not going to score enough runs. Yeah. Yeah. It's just hard. It's just hard with the amount of money that they don't that they spend or don't spend. I guess you could say. 
Yeah, I mean, also Longoria's, you know, they invested in one player, Longoria, one position player, and he's uh, he's been inconsistent. When he's been when he's been healthy in his career, he's been absolutely great. He's been a, a peak producing third baseman, but hasn't been healthy in a while. Yeah, I expect Longoria though to have a bounce back year and really have um, an upturn in his power numbers. I, I I really expect his power to return this year. And uh, I mean, I you know, Evan Longoria is from Downey, and that's really five, ten minutes from where I live. So, uh, you know, he, he it's good to see him. I, I'm not far from Long Beach and the dirt bags, and, and, and I go catch college games there from time to time. And and, and, and it's good to see people like that uh, from the community, from where I'm from, make it. And, and I've always been a fan of Evan Longoria for that reason. And I, I just feel like this year he's going to have a bounce-back year. Uh, he has to. For them to be and have a, a good year like you expect them to, he really does have to be the catalyst for that lineup. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I, I do also really love this team defensively, especially Kiermaier. <sighs> Kiermaier, is, he's, he's just magic, dude. He's probably my favorite center fielder right now just because he can go flat out, go get it. No matter what, go get it. It's beautiful to watch. Oh, it's great. I mean, a defensive outfield that you can throw out there with Dick, Corey Dickerson, who he's got from Colorado, Desmond Jennings, and Kevin Kiermaier. It's, uh, it's, it's a, they're going to cover a lot of ground. They're going to catch a lot of balls going to be a good outfield they're going to be a good defensive team uh you know one of the one of the best one of the best um most underrated defensive first baseman in all the game in james loney mm-hmm. somebody i'm very Loney's, familiar with yeah i, I love james a long time dodger i'm a, it's a shame it didn't work out because when he was coming up uh it was either going to be a pitcher or first baseman. He wanted to play the position player, and that was cool. We took that. We, we we were good with that. He can. He he had a great stroke in the minors, and it was just always a lot of buzz about how he can hit, and that was his thing. And he's shown that he can hit. He, he's okay hitter. He's he's a good professional hitter. But the power just never came for James Loney, and that that's a shame. And that's why I think we just the, he ran his course with the Dodgers because he never materialized into the bat that we really wanted or needed at that position. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be that kind of bat who doesn't hit for power at first base, but will hit for that much average, I can only think of two in my lifetime who've really done that successfully and been considered like you are an absolute stud. Mark Grace, and Mark Grace, and John Olerud. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. it. That's all I can think of there. But still, Lowe, I think is a very solid player. I mean, he stuck around the majors for a long time. Oh yeah, there's yeah, a certain yeah. thing of there's a certain th- a certain point. Uh, and, and I'll also make this argument to anybody who talks about basketball with me, but they sit there and say that Christian Leitner was a, was a disappointing player in the NBA. If you're able to stick in a league for 13 years, or I think Loney's been around now for about a decade, and you don't move around too much, it's not like you're with a different team every year, but you get, wherever you play, you play every night, and you play I don't know, in basketball meaningful minutes, or in baseball, you you get three bats a night. You're a solid player. Don't care what anybody says. He's the Udonis Haslam of the Rays. Let's just say that. That's fair. No? I think That's it's fair. a fair comparison. It's a fair comparison. But now, going back to my player to watch quickly, I want to see how Matt Moore comes back. That's a very good shout, man. I think that's yeah. the probably most important other than Longoria's hell, uh, coming back and producing, I think that's the most important piece to this uh, Rays team is is Matt Moore. If he yeah. can get his velocity, his location, everything back, and he can be that dominant force that people expected him to be. He's got an electric arm. He does. Yeah, and, and guys who throw that hard, who he, he's got a major league body. He's not like a tiny guy. Right. Guys who throw that hard at their lefty, they're they're great commodities. And he's still so young, dude. Still so young in the grand scheme of it all, you know what I mean? Like it's he's he's, hey, he's yeah, he's gonna be fine, man. He's gonna be fine. He's gonna be fine, I think. Then this is gonna be the year, and I think he's gonna prove it, and I think he has to. So right on. How many wins? Eighty three. Eighty three. Smoking the Orioles. Yeah. Yeah, I got them. I got them. Uh, I got them a little shy of that. I got them at seventy nine wins. Yeah, I just That's don't fair. know. I just We're don't. Still the same range. We still have them as around a 500-ish team. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and honestly, they've surprised us in past years, so I wouldn't be too shocked if they, they go off and win 88 games either, but I just don't know. I just don't think – I don't see that happening. Well, let's just take it to somewhere we're familiar with. Uh, well, we're familiar with just because John Henry gets talked about all the time to you and me. But uh, the Red Sox, man, uh, they had a disappointing year. Hanley Ramirez was garbage. Uh 
the panda was garbage, and now they have a shiny new toy on the bump. What are your thoughts on the Red Sox, man? I like him. I think that there's a lot there this year. But what, okay, I don't feel as optimistic for them as you do. So my question is, what's changed for you? I think Price is, is um, I think he's just a huge pickup. I think he pushes everybody in that rotation uh, down another spot. So Clay Buckholz is no longer your number one starter. Thank which, God. He's happy about that, I'm sure. Clay Buckholz, if he could just stay healthy, which is a huge if. I've gotten into this argument several times with Red Sox fans who still be telling me that Clay Buckholz is an ace. Clay Buckholz is 31. He's never gone 200 Clay Buckholz, season in his career. Clay Buckholz is fucking Bronson Arroyo a Jace, bro. I think, but I think he's a little better than that. I mean, look, he when he pitches, he pitches really well. He's a good. He is very, very solid when he's healthy. He is never healthy. Okay, fair enough. Okay, fair enough. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's never healthy. I mean, never. 31, never gone 200 innings. He's made an all-star again. He's thrown a no-hitter. He's won two rings. He's never thrown never 200 healthy. innings? Never thrown 200. Dude. 189 is his career high. 189. 189. Oh, all right. Okay. 189, 170, and then a bunch of a bunch of years where he gets hurt. Like those those are his those are his big those are his big years. 189, 170 innings. Damn, that's kind of surprising. I'm really surprised actually by that number. But okay. Yeah. yeah. But when he's healthy, he's great. Mm-hmm. Never healthy. Right. But what about the offense, man? Do you think Hanley's going to turn it around? The Panda? Uh, what, what do you expect from this? Jackie Bradley Jr. is going to be lights out? I mean, I, I don't... I like Mookie Betts. I really like Mookie Betts. I'm a fan of Mookie Betts. Okay. I like I, I like Pedroia when he's healthy, which he's been up. He's, he's going to play 130 games, Pedroia, probably. That's That seems to be about his his limit now. Right. But the, the player, I mean, it, I think Ortiz is going to have a huge year in his last year. He's never shown any signs of let up. And he's retiring after this season, so I think he's going to give a keynote year. That's it. I'm done. And then I really like Xander. My player to watch is Xander Bogarts. Xander Bogarts is a good player to watch. I Absolutely. I, I think he's got all the tools, and he's a phenomenal talent. So I, I can agree with that. I want to ask you something about Ortiz. Does he get into the hall? I think he should. Okay. If, I mean, yeah, I mean, the DH is going to have to get in. I mean... More and more often, especially the more and more we get into the future, it's just more prevalent. You know, uh, Edgar Martinez has to get in, so Poppy has to get in. I agree. Yeah. The only thing that I can see holding him back is just some asshole who sits there and says that a leaked test. Ass class. Yeah. I mean, Ortiz, look, Ortiz failed a test in 2003 before the actual rules that said that the substance that he took is illegal was illegal. Is that going to taint someone's mind? Yes. But, you know, this show doesn't care about the steroid era, and I don't care about the steroid era. And, and with regards to David Ortiz, I don't care about the steroid era. Here, here, my a friend. Hall of Famer. Here, here, my a Hall friend. Of Famer. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, for me, my player to watch is going to be David Price. I think it's uh, a lot of pressure on him. Not that he can't live up to it and stuff, but Boston's a different beast with the media and stuff. And uh, and, and just the pressure that there is to pitch at Fenway and, and that type of history. Uh, I do think he'll be fine because he's used to pitching in that... Um, in uh that division and it's nothing new to him per se but i do I- i'm just curious to see you know how 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 he develops there and, and like he's not getting any younger and it's a long-term deal and i know this year is what we're talking about right now so i do think he'll, it'll pay dividends this year but in the long term i don't know how good this is going to be for them so uh for me david price this year will be my player to watch mainly um my reason to be optimistic, I think, is that they can't be as bad as they were as far as, like, the Panda and Hanley. They have to improve. There's no way they can be that bad. Uh, so with that alone, that's going to be improvement, and that's worth a couple wins, I think. Uh, what, what are your reasons to be optimistic, man? Uh, my reason to be optimistic is I think that they are going to give David Ortiz, uh, you know, I think that everybody's going to be fired up to deliver for him in his last season. That's a good point, man. I, I think I think that's uh, underestimated and, and uh, how good of a clubhouse guy and how big of a figure he is there sometimes. And I do think that they really do gravitate towards him. So playing for him and making it a special year for him wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. I mean, there's also one thing that's really, really helpful for him. He's he, he's neither the biggest man nor cast the biggest shadow in that clubhouse anymore. Right. Because of Pablo Sandoval. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> oh man. Have you seen guy. pictures? Have you seen I have pictures it. of him? I have not. I have oh, not. It's, it's I have so not. gross. Is he, he that bad? It. Oh yeah. Oh. oh, he gained so much weight. And this wasn't a thin man. No, exactly. Exactly. Oh well. You get what oh, I yeah. mean? Sign him yeah, up. I, yeah, I, I he's just he's not in good shape. Well, hopefully spring, they whip him into shape and just keep him in the cage and running, I guess, the whole time because who knows, man. They, they really need him. They really need him and Hanley. They do. Yeah, the thing that, that there is a thing to be worried about, though, with this team, which is Ortiz and Price have, have been at each other's throats in the past. They didn't get along until Price signed with them. Yeah. And uh, Hanley Ramirez can mope. Like the best, <laughs> with the best of them. With the best of them. Yeah, he's he's a tremendous mope. Uh, Dustin Pedroia is a big personality. Pablo Sandoval is big in every measure of the word. <laughs> Ortiz can be occasionally irritable. There's a lot of big egos on the team. It could go wrong. It, that could be a, that could be a problem. Well, do you know if Farrell will be back for opening day? I don't know. That's a good question. I think that'll. I think that also. That's uh, for me something to watch and, and something that's very important to this team's success is if he he'll be back. Um, the earlier the better for them, uh, because we've seen him have success, uh, success with him under him, and I think that he's a uh, he, he's key to that club. And that, that if he does come back under the circumstances that he was out for, and he comes back early and he is there to open the season, then I think that'll be a good emotional boost to, to go along with the big poppy situation for sure. Yeah. But there is definitely the thing with the Sox, which in previous years, they've put together teams with a lot of talent, but they haven't really thought about the personality makeups of them. So you have, you know, the three Texan pitchers eating fried chicken and drinking beer during games. Yeah. You know, you have the whole smear campaign that went on Frank Kona when he was on his way out. Uh, I know that they cleaned house and got rid of Lucino and Sherrington, but occasionally when it goes bad in Boston, it, it, it goes real, real bad. And it's happened more than once. And you just sometimes wonder with stockpiling this many egos, most of whom were signed by the last regime. That's the thing to worry about is, can it go bad? I mean, I think it can. I mean, anything can. Um, but uh, I think they're banking on it not. And I actually heard an interview on Ortiz this morning. Um, he was talking to Buster Olney, who I'm not a big fan of, but it was a decent interview. And, and he was saying how him and Price have patched it up and how he's taking him under his wing and teaching him everything there is to know about the locker room and making sure that he's as comfortable as possible. I think David Ortiz understands how important uh, David Price is to his to the end of his career. Yeah, absolutely. And there's also one other thing to put up with this team in general, which is once they get leads, they're going to be very tough to beat because Yohara and Kimbrell at the end of a at the end of a bullpen is a very good combination. Kimbrell is scary. His stuff is yeah. is he is an intimidating figure up there, boy. I'll tell you what. Oh, Kim, I think Kimbrell's best closer in baseball. Oh, I don't disagree with you. I um, as somebody that has Kelly Jansen and he's really good. He's been fine. Uh, your guys' uh, closer had a great year. Um, I still would have to put him as the, the the best closer in the game, most intimidating by far. He just when he comes in the game, you just have that feeling. He's a presence on that bump, and that he just throws so hard, man. It's so he he's an impressive figure for sure. Yeah, I mean, also those years in Atlanta, he was quite good. Yeah, yeah, it was a shame that he was in Atlanta. Yeah, they were burned. <laughs> All right, man. How many wins you giving these? Uh, I, I, you told me they were possibly winning this division. How many wins you giving me the Red Sox? I got ninety. So if you if you can't tell, I've got I've got the AL East kind of bunched up. I think wow. it's gonna be a tight division. I got them under that. I got them at eighty two wins. Eighty two. Yeah. So you're going closer to five hundred. I, I think I think that they're the best team in the division, but wouldn't shock me to see Tampa I, Bay, the Yanks, Toronto, or Toronto or Boston win. Just I just don't see it happening. Baltimore. It's just you know it's like you said it's really close. I think we both really have it really packed nice and tight. I just think injuries and 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 um, who can get off to a hot start, things like that, is really going to you know lay out how this division plays out in the long scheme. So I, I really do think it's going to be one of the funner divisions to watch in baseball this year, just because it's going to be so tight. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see. I mean. Well, it it should be. I mean, the AL East has always got something interesting going in it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's always you know 
Yankees, Red Sox. It's it's always got something. It's always got something. I would, I, that's that's why I hope both the Yankees and the Red Sox are kind of good at the same time this year, and I hope there's a little bit of bad blood in it, just because it's a great rivalry to watch when both teams are good or there's bad blood. Yeah, but lately there just hasn't been much there. It's been boring. I mean, yeah, those guys have been dead. It, it, it it's good when that that rivalry is alive. It's a lot like the Giants and 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 the Dodgers when that rivalry means something. It's always good. That's why in recent memory it's been good. But we had a quite a quite a time where it was. Uh, pretty boring and just a redundant situation of 500 baseball between the two of us. So it's good to see it. Uh, it's good to see bo- that the, the Giants Dodgers mean something. And I really am hopeful that the Red Sox and Yanks can, you know, rekindle that this year, because like you said, man, it's, a, it's an important piece to baseball as a whole, uh, the fabric of baseball for everybody watching Monday night baseball or Wednesday night baseball on ESPN Yanks Red Sox always is, is a draw and you want to watch it. I think last couple of years, it's been a little meh. I can miss that. Yeah. It has been. I mean, I, and, I, and I, I hate both of these teams, but because of the fact that they hate each other so much, it at least gives me something to watch. It's must-watch television, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't ever know who I'm rooting for in these games because, like, I really don't like either. Of them. <laughs> I don't think it, I don't think that's what matters to you or me is the result. No, of I just the game. Need, I just need some I just need some juice in it. Absolutely, right on, man. Uh, but I think that's a good point for us to you know wrap this up and and then wrap up the show this week. You have anything more for the listeners, man? I, I got nothing else. We're going to get to the AL Central at some point next week and the AL West some point after that and then into the National League. But, so, yeah, uh, we got nothing else. Yeah, listeners, if you got anything you guys want us to cover, you guys got any questions, you guys want to be on, just reach out to us. We'd love to have you on. We'd love to chat. It, 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 it's a lot more fun when we get interaction from you guys. Trust me, me and Justin really do love talking to each other, but if we can bring other people into this, it'd be a lot of fun as well. Yeah, our relationship's getting stale. <laughs> we need some spice in our lives uh, but with that being said everybody spring training's here baseball's here what a time to be alive you guys have a wonderful wonderful week and we'll be back Bye bye adios Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.